we preach the faith without the repentance. We preach the salvation without the change. But if any salvation is real, it has to come with some change. Anybody hear me up in here? The Bible says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, amen, uh, he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto her, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, and with his finger he wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man, man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we praise you that your word is, is meat for us. It's water for our thirsty souls. And we are asking tonight that you would give us a rhema word, a word in due season, that we would check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, God. That you would teach us to mind our own business, Father God. That you would bless us to stop casting stones, Father God. That you would bless us, Lord God, hallelujah, to be harder on ourselves than to be harder on other people, Lord God. Help us this here night, God, as your people. To see things as you see them and to stop judging each other. Stop criticizing each other. Bless us, O King, to get this word up in us so that you can change the way we treat one another and the way we treat ourselves. In Yahshua Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some glory up in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Like I said, we're taking a little break from... Hallelujah, our study in Hebrews. Great job, appreciate you. Hallelujah. And we're looking at John 8, 1. And the title of this message is going to be Caught in the Act. Caught in the Act. Somebody say it with me. Caught in the Act. Amen, amen. It's going to seem like I'm talking about the woman, but I'm not. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, we won't have any points. We're going to just flow with the text until... The time is, is gone, amen, tonight. Uh, in chapter 7, before chapter 8, amen, the Pharisees and the, and, the, and the officers and the chief priests, they're actually arguing amongst themselves, all right? And they fussing about Jesus, okay? And the chief priests asked the officers, their, their security, he said, they say, why haven't you arrested him, all right? He should be locked up by now. And the officers say, we have never heard a man speak like this before. 
How could we arrest him? We're hearing things we ain't never heard before, taught in a way that's never been taught before because Yahshua didn't teach like the scribes and the Pharisees. Yahshua taught with authority. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? All right? The Pharisees say, y'all are all deceived, you know? The Pharisees say, this people know it not the law, and that's why they cursed, you know? That's what the Pharisees said. Nicodemus stands up in this meet and he says, the law you talking about, does the law judge a man before it hears a God, before it hears him? Huh? Do y'all judge a man even before y'all know what this man is all about and what he's doing? The Pharisees responded to Nicodemus. They said, Nicky. <laughs> Nicky. Are you too from Galilee? Search the scriptures, Nikki. There arises no prophet from Galilee. You see? But it wasn't Nikki that need to do more searching. It was the scribes and the Pharisees that didn't do their due diligence. Because had they searched the prophet along with searching the scriptures, they would have known that this prophet was never born in Galilee, was born in the city of David, Bethlehem. Come on, give y'all some glory, amen? He was born in Bethlehem, but they didn't do their due diligence. And, and there was a night of arguing. And after that night of arguing in chapter 7, we pick up in chapter 8. And chapter 8 says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again, came back into the temple and, and all the people came unto him and he sat down and he taught them, the Bible says. And so we see Jesus in the temple that morning early. And the Bible says all the people came to him. They were gathering around to hear him. All right? All right? And this is the real problem for the Pharisees and Sadducees, saints. Huh? They don't like Jesus, amen, because of his doctrine, though. They don't like Jesus because of something else. No, the problem they have with Jesus is the people that's coming to hear Jesus. All right? It's a jealousy issue. It's an envy issue. Because when they teach, people don't gather like that when they teach. You see? But it's the anointing that draws the people. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? All right. And Yahshua was teaching and all the people gathering. And that's the real problem, y'all. They don't want the people to come and see Jesus because the people not come and see them. I'm going to give you another reason why the people were gathering to see Jesus. It's not just the anointing because the anointing draws. That's what it does. You see, that's what it does. All right. All right. But the Bible says all the people gathered and he taught them. All right? That's another thing that draws the people. When you teach the people, when they come in and they get understanding and they get knowledge and they actually learning something, huh? Guess what? They leave and they say, I can't wait till next Tuesday. They say, I can't wait till next Sunday. First lady come up here and say, we're not having Tuesday. Y'all like, oh. Because huh? it's teaching that draws the people. If you breaking down the word of God and teaching like you are, people going to come to hear you. All right? Because the people of God like to learn about their God. They love to hear his voice, so you got to teach them. 
And the problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees, amongst our Hebrew teachers today, some of them, huh? No names, no names. They're not teaching the people of God. They bring the people in to be entertained. They bring the people in, amen, to put on a show. But there's no teaching that's going on. We've all been in churches, amen. We come in one way and we leave the exact same way. Ain't learned nothing, ain't been touched, amen, ain't been taught, hey, God. And guess what? Sooner or later, people stop coming to a place where they're not growing, where they're not learning and knowing. So Jesus taught them. We get to verse 3 and it says, And the scribes and Pharisees, after that night, huh, of fussing about Jesus, the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman, now we got the context. Taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So here we have a woman brought into this story. And she's brought to Jesus. And I want you to pay attention to who brings her. The scribes and the Pharisees. All right? So right off the bat, let me tell you, we know that this story right here is not about the woman at all. Because you was just fussing about Jesus. Huh? Uh, this tells me if Jesus wasn't here, you wouldn't have brought her in. It ain't that you're just hungry for righteousness and you want to do right. Because later you're going to murder an innocent man. You ain't brought her here for righteousness. Thank you. you brought her here to trap Jesus up. Are you catching me here up in here? All right, it wasn't about righteousness. It wasn't about we caught her doing wrong. And we're going to see in a second that all of them was guilty of doing wrong. This was not about Jesus. This was not about the woman. This was about Jesus and the Pharisees. They wanted to jostle Yahshua with this. They wanted to wrest power from him, popularity from him, the praise of men from him. So they bring this woman taken in adultery. Now, when we say adultery, we all know what that is. You're having relations with somebody else's spouse. Or you're married and you're having relations with somebody that's not your spouse. That's adultery. All right? It's plain and simple. All right? Well, this is happening during what we call the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is one of the big three holy days for the Hebrew men, all right? And during these holy days, the Hebrew men would gather from all over the world and converge upon Jerusalem. This particular holy day, amen, the men would travel and they wouldn't stay in hotels, motels, holiday inns. They would put a tent outside and they would all stay in tents. The men, most of the time leaving their women, home, their family home, going to Jerusalem to worship, all right? And I wish that only worship was going on in Jerusalem with all the men. I wish that, hallelujah, praise was the only thing happening in them tents with all the men. How many people know that people can use religion as a facade to do evil? Anybody hear me up in here? And this woman, during this Feast of Tabernacles, when all the men would converge, she was doing wrong during that time. All right? 
And we don't know her situation, we're not told her situation, and we're not here to judge her at all. We don't know if she used this time, amen, to, to make extra money for the home. We don't know what was going on. But what we do know was that she was caught in adultery. And in verse 3, it says, The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him the woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, stop right there. We just found out that Jesus was teaching. Kind of like I'm doing right here tonight. Jesus is teaching. He breaking bread. Now these clowns don't want Jesus to teach the people. So what they do, they run up in his meeting, Isaac, and they set a woman in the midst. They disturb the service. They shut down point number one. Anybody hear me up in here? So they come in, barge in, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they put the woman in the midst, in the middle, in the middle of the meeting. You know, in the middle of the meeting. And they self-righteously say this. Look at verse 4. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger, he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. All right. So they put the woman up front and they want to question Jesus. And you got to understand it's a trap. No matter which way Jesus answered a question, he going to make some enemies. All right. If he answered mercy, hey God, the conservative is going to be he's a lover of sinner and he don't like righteousness. If he answer his righteousness and stone her, he going to shun away the sinners, the scribes, I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the tax collectors, the, the harlots. Hey God. So what they're trying to do is break up his meeting. So no matter which way he answer, it's going to hurt him. We call that a catch-22. And I've been in ministry a long time, and sometimes, hey God, people put you in a catch-22. Huh? They put you in a situation, they got, like you don't love the people or, or you're greedy or you're covetous. And then when you show them, no, I love the people. When you show them, no, I'm not covetous. Look what I've done. Look what I've And then they say, y'all, oh, you're full of pride. Well, what was I supposed to do? You told me I don't love people. When I show you I love, now you tell me I'm proud. It's a catch-22. Anybody ever been in a catch-22 before? All right. That's what they did to Jesus right here. You see? And they rely upon the law of Moses. All right? And what they're quoting from is the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20 and 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's what the Bible says. And they're hanging upon Leviticus 20 and 10. Watch this. And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, and it goes vice versa, even he that committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and adulteress shall surely be put to death. So he's re they're relying upon the law. Let's stone her. It's what the Bible says. It's what the law says. You see? I have in my notes, my God, thank God we're not still under the law. All right? For all of the infractions of the law that required death, we wouldn't have half the church in here tonight. Ooh. Somebody praise God for grace tonight. Huh? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You see? But I want you to pay attention to something here in verse 5. It says, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Huh? This means that the night before, Jesus is preaching, the night before they caught her doing something. You see? But watch this. It was the same night that they was arguing about Jesus. The same night they saying they should arrest him. The same night they saying they got to deal with him. And they just happened to go out and find a woman caught in the very act. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I think of things like a lawyer. Anybody hear me up in here? And they trying to get my client, and she on the death penalty. You understand what I'm saying? And so I'd have a few questions for them. First question, Your Honor, uh, or rather, uh, scribe Pharisee, how did you know which tent she was in? Jerusalem is full of tents. How did you know which tent she was in? How long did it take you to look in every tent? Or did you go straight to it? You see what I'm saying? If you went straight to it, then it would lead me to believe that you knew what she was doing before she was doing it. Lead me to believe that you, have, you knew her area of operation beforehand. Huh? Huh? It appears like if, if y'all wasn't trying to cross Jesus up, y'all wouldn't, wouldn't have her here. Y'all would let her do her business this year, like last year, and the year before. Oh, come on now. Y'all feeling what I'm saying? All right? Oh, yeah, they would be objecting me and everything, leading the witness. You understand? It don't matter. I'm, I'm still going. It appears to me like this year is only different because y'all got a man y'all jealous of. And y'all want to kill her, stone her, because y'all envious of this man that he got the crowds. Seems like y'all more guilty than her. See? So y'all barge into the tent where y'all know she was. You see? Truth be told, I, I know the history of Annas' Bazaar in Jerusalem, and nobody could sell anything in Jerusalem during any of the festivals unless they had the high priest's permission. <laughs> I would go as far as to say, Your Honor, that y'all knew what she was doing, and she had permission to do what she was doing, and y'all was probably charging her a sin tax on the top for every act that she was doing. Anybody hear me up in here? You see? You see? That's my first question. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be going in. All right, second question. Where is the man? Y'all say she was caught in an act. She wasn't acting by herself. If it's adultery, she was caught in the act, there must have been another person. It takes two to tango. Anybody hear me up here? We don't dance by ourselves. Where is the man that she was caught in the act with? You say, Pastor, why you want to know that? Well, the law clearly states in Leviticus 20 and 10 that the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Where is the man? Why y'all just want to kill her tonight? Why you just want to stone her? Huh? Did y'all know the man? 
Could one of y'all in this courtroom this very day be the man? <laughs> looking, I'd be looking at him. <laughs> trying to use my discernment. I'm, just, I'm looking for a twitch. That's you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you look like that. Was it the high priest woman himself? That's how y'all knew us so well? Huh? I'm not saying I'm working it. You know what I'm saying? And he got tired of his little woman, wanted to trade her in for a new model, so he found a convenient excuse to stone her, kill two birds with one stone. You see? What's really going on here? You see, but remember, this is really not about the woman. She just collateral damage. You see? In verse 6, this they said, tempting him. They were tempting him that they might have to accuse him. They put him in a catch-22 so that they could ruin his reputation either way he went. He too merciful or he too hard. You see? You see? They wanted to ruin his reputation. And they was using the law that he wrote. And it always gets me shown why they call it the law of Moses. This ain't a law of Moses. This is the law of God. You understand what I'm saying? Moses was just there when he was giving it to him. This is the law of God. And the thing that they're trying to trap Jesus with, the law, is the law he wrote. It's the law of God. And who they're standing before is Emmanuel, the God-man among us. Anybody hear me up in here? Trying to trap him up. Look at verse 6. We're just moving through. This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger, what he did? He wrote on the ground as though he heard him, heard them not. You see? I have in my nose, boy, you know you're in trouble when the word starts writing. <laughs> when the word starts writing, boy, you know you're in trouble. All right? So he's writing on the ground. Now, we don't know what he's writing. You see? And it's a lot of speculation. I'm going to go over some things, amen, that people have said. But all, just take it as speculation because we don't know what he was writing. And I believe that Yahshua did that because he'll do things like that on purpose, eh, God, because it's going to minister to us the different things that he could have been writing. All right? All right? I have in my notes, minister, we won't know until we ask him ourselves. In glory, we're going to be up in that, uh, uh. What you was right. <laughs> and he gonna tell us. And I'm gonna tell our first lady, give me $20. I told you. <laughs> she gonna be like, I ain't got, I ain't got $20. <laughs> you see what I'm That's how we gonna be. But there's another person we'd be able to ask too, yeah. That woman. Yeah, she was there. She was in the midst while he was riding in the ground. We're gonna be able to say, what was he riding on that day he saved your life? She might weep right then and there again. I remember the day like it was yesterday when the Savior saved my soul. Anybody hear me up in here? Come on, give y'all some glory. Hallelujah. So we don't know what he was writing, all right? But we could speculate, all right? Uh, 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 some, of the, some of the commentators say this, that Jesus was writing this, the earth accuses, but judgment is mine. 
All right? Because we all be judging each other, accusing each other. But listen, only God can judge us yet. Anybody hear me up in here? So that's one of, that's one of the commentators. They say that, they said another commentator say, the heart of the wise studies to answer. They put him in a tough spot, so he just chilled for a second. The heart of the wise studies to answer. Take, took his time. Thought it through. Thought about the angles, the chess moves that they was playing with him. You know what I'm saying? Another commentator say he wrote what, what James would later put in his book. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. All right? That's some of the things he, he could have wrote. Hey, God. All right? And Bible says in 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. And he said unto them, all right, stop right there, stop right there. That's, that's before we get to it. The Bible said they continued asking him. So while he was writing, what you going to do, master? What sayest thou, master? What you want to do? Should we stone her? They continued over and over again. They wouldn't let him rest with it. You see? And suddenly Jesus just popped up. He stood up. Y'all want to answer? I'm going to give y'all an answer. He lifted up himself and, and he said, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Drop the mic moment. You understand what I'm saying? They didn't even have a mic back then. I'd walk in the scene, drop a rock, pop, we'll run back. And after I'd have dropped it, I'd have dropped it. When it hit the ground, I would have jumped. I'd say, that's heavy. Woo! That's heavy. Oh, yeah. He that is wild without sun. I put BAM in my notes. All caps, exclamation point. All right? His answer is brilliant, Rylan. Why? Because with this answer, he offends neither the law nor does he excuse the sinner. Woo! Checkmate. You understand what I'm saying? Doesn't ruin his reputation at all. And with this question, huh? He that is without sin, let him first cast a stone. With this question, look what he's asking. Look what he's saying. Are any of you without this particular sin? Have any of y'all lined up to stone her for adultery? Have y'all committed adultery? What is he asking with this sin, uh, with, the, with, the, with the situation? It goes deeper. Have any of you committed sexual immorality? Huh? Huh? You might not have committed adultery, but when you was young and on the run, huh? Might have had some premarital, or some fornication. Don't y'all come up in here and look at me like it's church. <laughs> I see you, John. <laughs> Listen to me. Any of you without the sin of adultery, any of you without sexual sin, any of you without sin, period. And if you fulfill these categories, pick up, pick up a stone and throw it at them. You see? You see? And if you can't, then what we talking about? What we talking about? That's what Jesus was, Miss Rebecca. What we talking about? You know what I'm saying? In my notes, I have lawbreakers can't judge lawbreakers. <laughs> That's not justice. Lawbreakers can't judge lawbreakers. Matthew Henry says in his commentary, it is absurd for men to be zealous, huh? hungry in punishing the offenses of others while they are guilty themselves. 
You see? Yeah. How you going to be so quick to punish somebody when you're guilty yourself? You see? It's like David in the Bible. Y'all remember David? And David had sinned with Bathsheba. And then Nathan come up in there and told him a story about a rich man who took a poor man's lamb. David said, I'm going to kill him. That's what David said. But the problem was, you want to kill a man for taking another man's lamb when you done took another man's wife, David. You in error. Something not right with your heart. Matthew Henry says this, whenever we find fault in others, we should always reflect on ourselves. Woo! When we see somebody doing something that we perceive to be wrong, we, you know, instead of calling our boy or calling our girl or posting on social media, we should think first. We should say, am I doing that too? Yeah! Have I done this too? Will I do this too? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a phrase in the Latin that says just that. I, I, I'm not good in Latin too much. I'm asking at least in grace to say it, but it's a art sumas, art fumas, vel, oh, 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 oh goodness, possumas, quad, hasi, I drink hasi, hasi, heke, you know what I'm saying? But let me give y'all, give it to you in the English. All right, now this is what I know. Okay, that high C stuff. The Latin says this. We either are, have been, or may be what she currently is or what he currently is. That's why we can't judge people. You understand? We either are presently doing the same thing they're doing. All right. Have been. We did that. How you gonna be hard on some people that you don't do? And I watch people in this church do that. Well, they wanna cut up with people. Oh, girl, I heard he was, I heard she was. And I'm thinking to myself, I remember your testimony. And you were sleeping around and you were cutting up, and now you wanna judge somebody that's doing. That's what you was doing. That's what you was doing. People coming up here, you know, stealing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I would never steal. I, I would never steal. Oh, no, but at work, pilferaging everything. Stick your fingers, paper clips, staplers, Coke six packs. I work here. Yeah, you work here, but you're stealing. Extra material, you're taking all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, but I never steal from a bank. It's still stealing. You know what I'm saying? We're so hard on people when we do the exact same thing. You see? You see? We complaining about people. But we rarely ever see ourselves, man. You know? Who you mad at tonight? And what have they done? And have you done that before? Are you doing that presently? Are placed in the right situation. Would you do it? You see, we can't even judge this woman. Because none of us know her situation. We don't know what she was treated like as a child. 
if she was abused and misused? We don't know how many children she got at the house, hungry miles to feed. We don't know none of that. And we never know what we would do to take care of them children at the house. Are you hearing me? Is it making sense? And I know you're Christian. I know. But Christian, can we be real tonight? You see? This is why the Bible says in Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you catch somebody doing something wrong, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Get low. Stay humble. Because you don't know what you would do in their situation. Come on, give God some glory up in this place. And I watch people, bruh. Oh, they got everybody name in their mouth. Huh? They got everybody name in their mouth. And most of the time with us Hebrews, we aim at people that's above us. Because we got that crab anointing. We like to pull people down. And so we look at those amongst us who've been anointed to bless us in our community. And we look at them and we begin to judge them. And it's little crazy things. Look what she got on. Look what he got on. Look what they drive. Look where they live. Look at. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, as a young believer, I got caught up into that. And you would talk about like preachers and talk about, you know, people. And I got to a place where I say, I'm not putting my mouth on nobody specifically no more. You see? They talk about people like, they talk about Jakes, they talk about Joel. They talk, I'm talking about all the ones that's hot. They talk about all the ones that's easy to aim at. You see? And the truth is, in their life, they're not half the man as that man up there. Not half the man. You're only aiming at him because he's an easy target. Secondarily, how are you going to judge him when you don't know how you would be with all of that? And that's why we be careful to put our mouth on people like that because we expecting God to bless us. And when we get up there, how are we going to act? And what are we going to drive? And what kind of house are we going to get? What kind of clothes we going to wear? Are you with me up in here? Yes. It's easy to shoot at people when they're above you. Like the Christian rappers, Lecrae and the boys, man. They get so much flack from the church. So much just trash talk about them being too hip-hop or, or, they, they or it's, it's, it's too rap, it's too secular. That's hogwash, man. That's foolishness, man. God's music is never boxed into one genre. All right? Or we still be singing the old hymns, you know, all the way my Savior leads me. We'd be still singing that if, if, if God could only be worshiped in one genre. I guarantee you, if David came here, David would say, we not worship him like David used to worship him. But it's okay. God is bigger than time, 
So he's bigger than music time. He's bigger than genres. He could be worshiping rap, in country, in rock, whatever it is. As long as it's his word and it's holy, it's all good. You know? But people talk about people, man. And it's because they never really look at themselves. Matthew Henry says, whenever we find fault in others, we should reflect on ourselves and be more severe upon ourselves than on other people. Be harder upon yourselves. Verse 8, I'm not boring y'all in here. I'm giving y'all a message, a God, to take into 2022. Huh? Mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In verse 8, look what they say. They say, and again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. After he told them all, after the drop the mic, rock drop, shake the floor. Huh? He, say, he went right back down and he began to ride on the ground. I don't know if this is true. All right? But I saved one of the things that speculated about what he was right. Some of the Greek manuscripts say that Yahshua was writing on the ground the sins of the Pharisees and scribes who was accusing the woman. He was taking his time, Misha, and he was writing their sins on the ground. Some say he was putting their name and putting on the side of that homosexuality, theft, incest, fornication, Pride, self-righteousness. They say that all the ones that was ready to stone the woman, he was writing down their sins on that dirt. And after the drop the mic moment, a God, when he stooped back down to write again, they had a chance to look down and probably saw their name with their secret sin. You see? I don't know for sure, but could he do it? Oh, yeah, he's omniscient. He told a woman at the well, you done had five husbands. <laughs> he know everything that we doing. Huh? He could have done it. I bet y'all $50 in heaven. All right. All right, I'm going to want my money, too. Listen. Them boys looked down and saw their name and the sins of their youth, their secret sins, stuff that nobody knew. Huh? And ball, they face drop. Hmm? The way you used to be, the way you are, and the struggles you're about to face. Hmm? Who you mad at this morning? Come on, let's look in our hearts. Who you judging this morning? This morning. Who you mad at tonight? <laughs> Boy, y'all practicing that word. Y'all didn't correct me at all. Huh? Y'all didn't want to judge me. Because y'all y'all thinking, how would I be in front of all these people in these cameras? I get my morning and evening confused too. All right? Let's get it right. Who you mad at tonight? Who you talking about? Who you judging? Hmm? Who have you brought before the people? Like the scribes and the Pharisees brought to that woman. But that woman, who you bringing before your friends and family and talk about how they living? Hmm? Who you bringing before your ministry? Who you bringing before the church or your church family? Y'all talking about them. 
Who are you talking about on social media? You're bringing them right before in the midst, just like the self-righteous scribes and Pharisees brought the woman in the midst. Hmm? Hmm? And my question to you, have you sinned? Have you sinned? And deeper, have you done the particular sin that you're accusing people of? Hot mad, burning mad, bitter, bitter. Can't get over it, can't get over them. Dreaming about them mad, blood pressure skyrocketing, and you do the same thing to other people. I wonder if they're not treating you like that, God allowing that to show you yourself. And the way you feel about them is his righteous indignation that he feel about you. When you gonna let somebody go, man? When you gonna release somebody, man? When you gonna mind your own business? You see? And I love that because, you know, when something happens and somebody get caught in the act, hmm, I want you to ask yourself, is that my business? Before you go talking about it or laying judgment, just ask yourself, is that my business? Does that have something to do with me? Is that affecting my money? My time? My family? Is that my business? And then I want you to have this question in your mind when people talk to you and they tell you things. I want you to ask yourself, is that their business? Because if we have these two questions circulating in the atmosphere of this church, somebody going to help us mind our business. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. All right. Look at, look at verse 9. Y'all not bored, huh? This is a good story. Y'all should be more happy than this. Ooh, sorry about that, y'all. Hallelujah. Y'all should be more happy. Look at this. In verse 9, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience. Huh? They went out one by one, dropping stones as they went. Look at that. <clears throat> and the other one right. <clears throat> went by one by one. And this is interesting. Beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, from the oldest to the youngest, they begin to go out. And I begin to say, why is that? You see, when you're older, most of the time, you know yourself better. All right? So when he starts talking about ye without sin, you're like, oh, God. You know what I'm saying? You 50, 60, you 40, you understand, oh, no, I can't cast no stone. I can't cast no stone. Woo! Lord have mercy. They got skeletons in every closet of my house. And so the oldest ones got out of that first, big brother. They dropped the stone. They wallet. They got out of there. Jesus have mercy. So when you're older, sometimes you know yourself better. Young folk like to judge people. They don't even know themselves. See? You see? So they took a little bit longer in the line. Right? Another reason the older folk, hey, God, could have dropped their stones. Older folk kind of know themselves better uh, 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 most of the time. Hey, God, hallelujah. Uh, 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 also... I put, they have more sin, usually. 
got out of there, boy. Yee! I've been living double your life. Got some things I did. I don't. I, I don't forgot more bad things I did than you done did. All right. Or maybe that's the way Jesus did his list on the ground. He did it from oldest to youngest. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He did. He, he wrote the old name first. He did it from Leroy <laughs> to Levante. He he. He did it from oldest to youngest. That just came to me. It, it, he just, that's what he did. And so as, as, he, as they saw their name, they just thought. And Levante up in there with his box. You know what I mean? I guess I got to go too. From eldest to the youngest. And, and Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. And so what that means is, is that, the, that the class is still there. But in the midst, in the middle of the class, Jesus is left alone. Scribes and Pharisees not there no more. A God is just Jesus and her in the midst of the class that's watching. See? Because they wanted to embarrass him in front of everybody. That's what they wanted. You see? You see? But after he showed them themselves, they were the ones who left embarrassed. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Brother Carl, they, they thought that they were catching her in the act. But Jesus had caught them in the act. Woo! The act of jealousy and envy, the act of, 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 of extortion and, and sedition, the act of, of blasphemy, he caught them. They showed their hand. You see? Uh, we have here, hallelujah, Jesus asking the woman, he said, woman, where are those that accuse us? You see, where are they? Had no man condemned thee? I would have started shouting in there if I was that lady. I would have said, Lord, your word is true. They came in one way, hallelujah, but they done left seven different ways. They all live in different areas. They dropping stone, one went this way, one went through Collies, one went on Johnson Street. Oh, God, ain't nothing left but, a, but a, a pile of rocks right here. You done saved my life. You know? He said, had no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And the, the thing about it is, is, is that he was the only one that could. Because they say, he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. He was the only one in that class that could pick up a stone and cast it at him. He was the one that could do it. The sinless one, the righteous one. You see? And, and, and not just the whole class, but in the whole world. Not just in the whole world, but in all the annals of human history. He was the only one that can cast the stone because lawbreakers can't judge lawbreakers. You see? You see? And in verse 11, she said, no man, Lord, no man, Lord. Now, right here is her faith. Right here is her salvation experience. Right here, I watched this woman huh, do what we do every Sunday and every Tuesday. I watch her admit, believe, and confess right here. Pastor, where's the admit? She admitted her sins. 
When they come and they say she was caught in the act, do we see her running from that? Do we see her saying, no, no, the ball line. Y'all know how we do. They ain't catch me. I just stumbled in his tent and I didn't know what happened. I was walking and I fell. <laughs> she ain't say none of that. She ain't say none of that. And she ain't look at him and try to say, you know what happened? Well, she ain't do none of that. She was like, yeah. That's what it is. So to admit was that. Boy, you can appreciate a real Negro. You understand what I'm saying? You can appreciate that, man. Yeah, this, this, this woman here, this, this is the real deal right here. That's why Jesus would love them more than he loved these church folk, these religious folk, these folk that try to play like something. Nah, nah, God want to know. He want, you, he want you to act like you done did some things that's worthy of forgiveness. Don't you walk around here like you don't need no forgiveness. No, 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 no. God loved that. No, she admits right here. All right? But she also believes. How you know she believes? She called him Lord. It's the same word that the thief on the cross used. When he said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. You see? It was a, it was a confession of faith. And there it is because it was a confession. Because you can't only believe it. It's got to come out your mouth. And she said, no man, Lord. And the belief and the confession is, is such a close thing that happens. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. And when we believe in our heart and we confess Jesus as our Lord that he rolled from the grave, and with our mouth, hallelujah, thou shalt be saved. This woman got saved right here. This woman got saved. She confessed him. She said, Lord. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Spirit of God. He not only saved her life that day, he saved her soul. And how many of us know that when he saved us, he saved our lives and he saved our souls? Huh? I don't know where I would be today without him. You see? She said, no man, Lord, and the only one who can condemn her. He said, neither do I. Neither do I. And judgment belongs to the son. He was given that scepter, that royal diadem, to be the judge of all the earth. And because of her admission, her belief, and her confession, judgment looks over her. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? Huh? He says, neither do I. You know? Uh-uh condemn thee but watch this he says go alright that go means forgiveness you, you, we, we done here debt canceled sin abolish crime hey God hallelujah that crime hey God listen we done expunged that that's all under the rug because of that because of, because of, because of your admission, admission believing confession Huh? Though your sins be red as scarlet, I'll wash it white as snow. Go. Go. You're forgiven. But watch what he said next. Go and sin no more. And sin no more. 
He's telling her to change her direction. Don't go back to the tents. Don't go back to the tents. When you know better, do better. You understand what I'm saying? When you are saved, you act saved. Go and sin no more. Change your direction. Change your mind. Be born again. Live for God. Repent of your wicked ways. Ha! And sin no more. Anybody hear me up in here? Because a lot of the times we preach the faith without the repentance. We preach the salvation without the change. But if any salvation is real, it has to come with some change. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. He tell her, go, but sin no more. You got to act different than the way you was when you came here. If you don't met the Savior, hey God, how in the world are you going to be the same? Old preacher used to say, let me tell you something. Hallelujah. If you got hit by an 18-wheeler, huh? Huh? Would you ever be the same again if you survived that? No. You'd never be the same again. Then how in the world are you going to get hit by the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God of all creation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? How you going to be hit by God and be the same? That's way more than an 18-wheeler. That's the eternal God. We got folk in here saying that they done met God and they ain't left with no limp. Then met God and they still in the tents. Then met God and they still from pillar to post. Then met God and they still drug dealing. They still lying. They still cheating. They still gambling. They still backstabbing. They still betraying. They ain't doing it in the street, but they doing it in the church now. How you gonna say you met God and you ain't changed? He said, "Go and sin no more. Sin no more." It's got to be a change. You got to live differently. See? He told that woman on, day, on that day, you don't have to do this anymore. Huh? You was bound, but now you're free. Woo! Woo! You was blind, but now you see. You see that the wages of sin is death. Don't act like you don't know that. And in churches, we miss that part. We come here, we come to the altar, I believe, I believe, I believe. But have you changed? You see? Because faith without works is dead. James said, James say, I show that my faith is real because the, the result of my faith produces a work. You see? How I'm going to really believe and still act like I don't believe. You see? Psalm 85 and 8 tells us clearly, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people. Peace. Peace, the prince of peace. I'm going to forgive you and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Don't you get the peace of God and return like the pig to his own vomit again. You see, I guarantee you this woman never went back to the tents again. 
never went back because she had really met Jesus. Have you really met Jesus tonight? And you'll know if you have, yeah. Oh, because a wonderful change will come over you. Anybody hear me up in here? I might not be hey, what I'm supposed to be, but I'm not what I used to be. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey, God, if you think I'm bad now, nah, you should have seen me before he grabbed hold of me. You, anybody hear me up in here? That's got to be your testimony. It has to be something tangible. And it can't be just your words. Somebody else got to say it. They got to say it all little more. You know what I'm saying, big brother? When they was calling you from New Orleans, calling you from Houston, when I was running wild, then you got to be able to say, there was an old Omar and there's a new Omar. You see? You see? Isaiah 55 and 7, let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked forsake his way. Forsake it. We put a roadblock on it. We put chains on the fence. We can't pass that way no more. That's done with. That's a, that's a, that's a, a part of my life that I will not traverse ever again. You see? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly part. You know? You know? The trap that they laid for Jesus they wind up falling in themselves. And while the woman was caught in adultery, hmm, about to be stoned, about to be killed, huh, the devil meant for bad. God worked it out for good. Woo! Save her life and save her soul. The worst day of her life became the best day of her life. Hey! Hey! My God, my God, my God. My God. Caught in the act. Let's have a word of prayer. God, our Father, we thank you so much for us just being here in your presence. And we thank you so much for your mercy towards us. Because in, in some situation, you have caught us all in the act of sin, God. For you see all things. And if we would have been there in that number with the scribes and Pharisees, we could see you stooping down with your dreadlocks, God, long, writing in that dust, Lord, writing with that skin like bronze, God, writing our sins, God. We pray tonight that you would forgive us. Forgive us of those sins that we have written in the dirt, God. But forgive us for being so hard on other sinners, God. God, take out of us this pharisaical, scribe, judgmental spirit, God. And help us, King, to truly love one another. I pray for a real anointing of self-examination to fall upon our church. A real spirit, God, of mercy, of understanding, that we would really ask ourselves, 
is that my business God that father we would not only do this from here on out but we would even go back in our minds and think about things retroactively how have I not mind my business in this church God and think about the relationships that we've broken the grudges the bridges that we've burned and and think about was that really my business God God help us to not be the bridge burner but to be the repairer of the breach Father God help us to forgive people and allow people to forgive us tonight God I pray for an anointing of humility God in the area of self-righteousness to descend upon the church that we would all not act better than one another God so Father we pray tonight that you would have your way in this place have your way in this place have your way in this place in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen. Come on, give y'all some glory in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I enjoyed that in my personal study. Was that all right for y'all? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little convicting, but also encouraging because our God is mighty to save. Hallelujah. Mighty to save. Amen. And so we're going to pray and get out of here. Amen. I don't want to keep you long. Amen. And hallelujah. We'll. God say the same, see you Sunday, amen, as we continue our series on, on the light of the world. And, and I want to pray with you. There may be somebody here, amen, you, you would say to yourself that I don't know if I'm saved. and I don't have that change that you spoke of. And I want to tell you that God can do it for you right now, in your very seat, right now, right now. All it takes is one prayer. And you really admitting that you're a sinner. You really believing in your heart that he died on the cross for you. And that he rose from the grave. And that he is the savior of the whole world. One prayer. One confession. And God will save you tonight. If you're ready, just bow your head with me right now. And picture yourself before the throne of God. Picture yourself, really do it. Imagine yourself before the throne of God and tell him this. Say, God, thank you for being real. And I admit, I'm not perfect. But you know all my sins they're written in the dust please forgive me and save me I believe in Yahshua Jesus Christ that he died on the cross was buried in the grave but he rose the third day 
I believe it with all my heart. I call him Lord tonight, King tonight, Messiah tonight, Savior tonight, the Lamb of God tonight that takes away the sins of the world. I believe it and I receive your salvation and I confess you as my Savior, my Lord, my King. Save me and use me and move mountains in my life and help me never to be a Pharisee, a scribe, a judgmental person on the sins of others. In Yahshua Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.